Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Katie DePaula here with me. Katie is an entrepreneur, author, and the founder of the Inner Glow Circle, which is an accredited training and certification company for women coaches, leaders, and entrepreneurs. In this episode, Katie shares so much gold. She shares her story and through her story, which is so freaking powerful, by the way, there are so many golden nuggets and insights and like actual tangible things that you're going to take away from this that are probably going to create a lot of activations and motivation and awakenings within you. I find her story just incredibly empowering and and just the journey that she's been on from turning her struggles into strengths to growing a multi-million dollar business. She's literally turned her greatest challenges into her greatest opportunities and says that her business is what saved her freaking life. Through certification programs, memberships, and online courses, Katie has taught thousands of women how to find their purpose, live it, and get paid. You're going to get tons out of this episode and I want to hear from you when you listen. So make sure you tag me and Katie on Instagram when you listen. You can find all of her information in the show notes and you can tag me in your Insta story at the spiritual boss babe when you listen. I'm so pumped to hear what you get out of this episode. And I can't wait for you to dive into everything that Katie has to offer the world and that that she has to share because I know that it's going to help you so much when it comes to stepping into your purpose in a much bigger way. So without further ado, let's welcome Katie onto the show. Welcome, Katie. I'm so excited to have you on the show and I can't wait to dive into everything that we're going to go into today. I know, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, same. I love everything that you're doing. It's like we share a similar passion and mission, like helping women entrepreneurs. And I think it's amazing. And I would love to hear a little bit about like how, what led you on your path to living out your purpose and how has that looked? Has it changed for you um, along the way of like stepping into what your soul was pulling you to do? Yeah. So now I, I run a company called Inner Glow Circle and I'm getting ready to publish a book this year, my first book, which is called At Least You Look Good. And thank you. And, um, you know, my, my story, the bulk of what I wrote about in my book is the past five years, which for me, once I started my business was when things got a little bit crazy. But my real story starts before that, like before me starting IGC, before... My brother passed away. I lost my brother in 2015 to an accidental overdose. I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Now I'm Lyme free, which is quite a miracle. If you know anyone who has Lyme or if anyone listening knows, 
Um, but wow. yeah, I, I graduated from college. I went to a great school. I went to Vanderbilt University in Nashville. So I was in the South and I loved it. I moved right to New York City, which is where I am now and, and where I'm recording. But um, after that, I, I worked a few different jobs and I just had that experience that a lot of us have where I was like, is this it? You know, I thought this was the dream. Like I moved to New York City. I went to a great college. I did all the things right. But I was so bored and I was so sort of checked out for my life. And I was feeling very disconnected from my purpose. And so one day I found myself in the office bathroom. I like locked myself in and called my dad. And I was like, is this all there is? And I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So you know, I knew that maybe my dad would have some answers. Maybe like my family would have some answers because I had moved to New York thinking that that was the ultimate goal and that there I would find the thing. And the reality for me was that that just wasn't happening. And so I was in that cycle of like, is this it? Is this, is this all my life's going to be? What's my purpose? Why am I even doing this? And it ended up becoming you know, quite frustrating and even a bit depressing for me because I, I just, I, I wasn't happy. I was just like really not happy. And I felt really, really disconnected from whatever I was meant to be doing, which I had no clue what it was at the time, but I knew it had to be something. And I, I was pretty clear about that, that there was something out there for me, but that I wasn't doing it right now. Yeah. And so um, the things that you went through before that with your brother and the, the Lyme disease thing, that was around that time? So, no, actually I... I started coaching. So I moved back from New York City. I, I did a couple things. I started a side business. I started an organic spray tanning company to mm -hmm. kind of try my hands at entrepreneurship. And then at the same time, I started a master's program in nutrition because I thought maybe I wanted to be a nutritionist. And I decided to explore those two things while I was also working a full-time job. I was working for the family business. And this was after coming home from New York because... I I just needed to figure it out. New York's an expensive place to like try to figure yeah. things out, even though I feel like that's <laughs> what most people are doing here. Um, and so I moved home for a little while and started to explore. I started my coaching business because I had this experience with my spray tanning business where all these naked women were coming in and out of my studio that I set, had set up in my apartment. And they were sharing these really, really deep stories about their lives. And they were asking me about advice. And I was just like answering them, right? Because I was a natural coach and a natural teacher and healer and all these things. And I didn't even have those words back then. Like I didn't even really know that life coaching was a career. I just knew that like if people asked me questions, I always had an answer, yeah. you know? And so I, here I was like 24 years old having like naked women come in and out of my apartment. I was spray tanning them. You know, there was like a purpose, but <laughs> I, they were asking me questions. And what happened, Stephanie was like, I started to get worried. I was like, oh my God, I'm 24. I don't even have that much life experience. People are asking me questions about what to do in their relationship or with their kids. And I'm just sitting here answering them. And mm -hmm. maybe I do need some sort of like training or, or maybe I do need some sort of education around this. So, you know, I looked at my options and doing like a psychology program and becoming a therapist seemed like a really long road and also very expensive. And so I decided to go through a life coaching program. Nice. And that's how I got started. When I decided to scale my coaching practice, that's when I got hit with like this slew of crazy life things. Wow. 
Wow. I love like hearing your story because it's like interesting hearing that like there were parts of it that you were like just paying attention to and kind of listening to that little nudge of like, oh, well, there's something out there for me to do. What is it? People are asking Mm -hmm. me for advice and they're trusting me and maybe I can do something with this. And then you just followed that nudge. Yeah. And so... um, how did it pan out after that? Like when you like fully stepped into it and um, knew that this was like part of your purpose, that this was like what you were meant to be doing. I think your purpose is one of those things that's a little bit like you'll know when you find it, Mm -hmm. which is also what people say about like relationships and like the right relationship. And I think it's tricky because even when it's a great thing and maybe the thing, there's still challenges, right? And I think a lot of times we assume that if something's right, it's not going to come with challenges. But I actually have found that that's not the case. So I started my private practice. I was running Whole Glow, my spray spray tanning company. I was working full time. I decided to drop out of the nutrition master's program because that was just too much. And it was too, you know, it was just too technical for me at the time. And I wanted a faster solution. Like I wanted to be able to make money from my work right away. I wanted to be able to help people right away. So I focused on my coaching business. I hired help in my spray tanning business and I was still working my full-time gig because I wanted to feel financial stability. I didn't want my business to feel like I was so reliant on it to make money. Yeah. And I didn't want to have that kind of pressure. But, you know, I was working a lot as a result. And then my private practice just kind of took off. Like I started hosting these monthly women's circles. They really caught on. I was getting a ton of referrals. Like I had some marketing going, but I, I, I wasn't doing all the things that we do today or that a lot of people feel that they have to do today. I was literally just getting hired by one person here, one person there, getting referrals from them, doing a really great job so that they were renewing their contracts with me. And then I was hosting these free women's events where people, instead of me asking them for referrals, people were asking me if they could bring their friend or if they could bring five friends. And people were like carpooling, you know, from, I was in DC at the time. People were carpooling from like Delaware or Maryland or Virginia to come to these events. And there just wasn't really anything like it in DC. And I think that like, you know, people say, Oh, I live in LA or I live in New York. We're like, you know, women's circles and moon circles and spiritual vibey things are like, you know, one in a million. But I just don't believe that. Like, I believe that you have a specific way of doing it. You have a specific voice. There was something about me that was different, you know, like there was something that people could relate to. And I made it like a girl's night thing. Like I don't even really drink, but I would have wine and tea and like snacks. And we would just have these deep conversations and I was really good at facilitating these conversations. And so it it encouraged people to want to continue the work and go deeper. And rather than just sit in a group with me, go one-on-one, right? Yeah. So that's how I really started to grow and expand and create a a steady flow of business for myself. That's so cool. So you were kind of just like a natural at that, so to speak, and following like what really lit you up. And you weren't thinking of like how it's going to all pan out or like what's going to come of it, but just was like, you were just doing it. Yeah. I was just going for it. I was just going for it. And I was following the little breadcrumbs and the little, you know, instincts and intuition. And 
I think sometimes the internet can be really loud. And I'm always telling our students that like the internet is really loud. Social media is really loud. You have to sort of quiet it down and listen to yourself because you're the key, right? You're your key. And it's easy to get distracted for whatever reason, maybe because I was naive. Like I just wasn't as distracted as I think sometimes I even get now comparing myself or comparing where we are as a company to other people. I I think that like that naivety when you're starting out is so precious, but it really can help you get momentum. So I always encourage new coaches, which is who, you know, part of who we work with in IGC to kind of shut it down and not let themselves get distracted by what they see out there. Yeah. What do you think like a lot of people what do you see a lot of people struggling with when it comes to like what they think they should do or getting in, getting mixed up with the social media stuff? I think people like spend a lot of time learning and trying to gather information and then make decisions from there rather than just like taking steps and then um, analyzing, right? Like there's a mix because you don't want to invest a ton of money into something and then have it totally fail because you didn't have any evidence that this was something that people wanted but you also can't spend so much time asking everybody else what they want or what they need. You have to follow yourself and your heart and your gut. I just Mm -hmm. see people trusting other people over themselves way too much. Like you're the one who was like, I want to do this. I feel like I have a bigger purpose. I feel like I have a message. I feel like I have people to reach. You know, I just went through this process with my book. Like it was so validating to have the, my editor working with me because she was like, this is really good, Katie. I haven't heard someone write this this way before. And even then I'm still like, is this, you know, we doubt ourselves. Like, is Mm -hmm. this even good? Is this going to change people's lives? Like, I, I think that my story is valid and valuable, but am I telling it in a powerful way? And, you know, finally the other day, yesterday we sat down with our early readers and they were like, honestly, Katie, like, we're not impressed easily and we're really impressed. Like this is really good. And the story, the storytelling is so powerful. And my point is like, whatever you're doing, if it's something new out of your comfort zone, you're going to doubt yourself. You're going to question yourself, but you have to do it anyways. Like you kind of have to like throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Right. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what people say? Yeah. That's what I did. (laughs) And also action builds confidence and crushes fear too. Oh, totally. I love that. Yeah. It's like one thing I always say, how long did it take you to write your book? Just curious. I mean, honestly, it took like five years, Wow. I sat down and really started it a year ago. Yeah. I think everyone has a book in them. That's so exciting. When does it come out? It'll be out this summer, summer 2020. Ooh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were doing all those things, and I think this is so important for people listening because there's probably a lot of people listening that are at their job and they're making that transition or they're just starting out. When you were doing all of those things, like the women's circles, the full-time job, the kind of getting things off the ground, um, how did you like know when it was time to leave your job? And what was that like for you? Because I know for me personally, it was pretty challenging because it was like that scary leap of, oh my God, like this is where I work. Like this is my job. And if I don't have it, what if things crumble? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that you have, there's a breaking point where it's like, okay, keeping this around is keeping me smaller than it's like keeping me big. Mm -hmm. I'm not typically a fan of like the whole like 
start a business, quit your job tomorrow or quit your job and then start a business because I think it can put a lot of pressure on your business. I, what I tell people to do and what I did was like treated my day job as like my investor. I was like, this is helping me create my dreams and giving me padding so that I'm not fully financially reliable in my business. I'm somebody who gets really anxious and stressed and can sort of freak out. And that's not good energy to be in, right? So if I had also been financially under so much pressure, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, I'm not someone who's like running our company like you know, payroll to payroll. There's a, I hear a lot of stories about leaders like that. And I'm just like, you know, good for you if you feel comfortable with that. But, you know, I was somebody who needed to know that we, like we were on a growth plan. You know, we weren't just trying to um, build something really fast. We were really building like a longer term vision here. And that's always been really important to me. Yeah. Um, and so you have a team, I'm sure, of like people who are like helping with a lot of things now at this point. Did you always like, did you start off like with that, like with like collaborating with someone? Well, so I've always been more collaborative, but I, I started my very first business, Whole Glow, and then my private coaching practice, which I just was operating with my name. I started those on my own and then I decided to scale. So what happened was about two years into my coaching business, I was like, if I'm going to really make a difference, I'm going to have to scale this thing. And I knew that because I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and I had seen them grow like multi-million dollar businesses. And I was really motivated by that. Um, and probably also like, as you know, in my early twenties, wanted to show off and like prove that I was as good as everybody else around me. Right. So that drove me to an extent. And so I, I was like, I got to figure out how to scale. I got to figure out how to scale. And I knew that for me, scaling meant like building something bigger than just myself, building something that bigger than just a personal brand. I wanted to build a legacy that would live on even if I wasn't around. And I had... So, so 2013, 2014, I'm building my business. 2014, I get diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. It's neurological, wow. which means it's gotten to my brain. The doctor says I have brain damage. There's damage to a lot of my organs. I lose feeling in half my body and I'm bedridden for like two or three months. Wow. And I was going through really, really intense treatment. So the other thing that was happening was I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like the the thing that's so great about coaching and being a coach is that you can work from your couch. You can work from bed. I mean, we've got a, a, a student right now, like we, we attract a lot of women who have chronic illness and so who, who need some sort of other option to work. And it really gives them hope and keeps them motivated. And I think keeps them alive in a sense, you know? Wow. And it did for me. So we have a student who like was like was in the hospital and was taking class from the hospital. And we're like, dude, that is so fucking cool. Like we had a girl who was like, um, taking me, she had just had a baby and she was like, she was like, I like really wanted to get it like on zoom and be in class today. Mm. (laughs) Like you just had a baby, like you could have gotten a free pass, but to create a company where like people want to do that and be present, even if they're going through something crazy is so cool. So I didn't know if I was going to make it. Like I didn't know if I would be healthy enough to even run a business from my bed. And so that was the other thing early on, Stephanie, like I decided that I was going to make a company that wasn't in my name. And that's why we chose to go with Inner Glow Circle because... I didn't want it to be the Katie DePaula show. And then like Katie DePaula is not the star anymore. And I also knew that 
like in order to really attract true leaders, I was going to have to make space for other people. Yeah. Like I see, I mean, there's so many people building personal brands and I think that's phenomenal. And I think that women, um, I, I really believe that we're in the fourth wave of feminism right now and that the future belongs to the female entrepreneur and that like through entrepreneurship, we're setting ourselves free as women. It's really what I believe. And that's what, what we teach. But for me, building a team was really important. So you asked if we had a team when we started. In the very beginning, I had brought on some friends, some previous clients, some people I had met in the coaching space, like be coaches, like be mentor coaches in the community. But this was before I really knew it was going to be a company. I just thought I was building like an online community, almost like a, a group coaching program. And that was where it started, right? Like, I had a vision, but I didn't have the vision that I have today. And yeah. today I don't have the vision that I'm going to have in 10 years. Like, but I fully know that I'm going to be doing this work in some capacity and that IGC will live on for decades because that's, that's what I'm, that's what I've decided. You know, that's the plan. So I did have a team early on, but they were also growing their businesses and they weren't fully committed to IGC. So that presented some other challenges. Today, we have a team of 20 people and wow. I have a business partner who was one of my early, early clients, Liv Chapman. She's amazing. We've got teams of trainers, like trainers for coach training, trainers for our graduate program, student trainers. Like we've got a publicist. I've got an editor for my book that's going to be editing Liv's book too. Like we've built a team. I, I'm quite good. I've gotten quite good at attracting great people and then figuring out how to develop them. But that's also like a whole different conversation yeah. and not easy. Yeah. That's like next level. Yeah. And that's awesome that like your vision keeps expanding as you do. And you're just like, you've just like totally stepped into that, like this amazing role of not only being a leader, but like having this powerful story and overcoming what you did, which I totally want to want you to dive into, but like, um, having this like big vision for a legacy that you want to leave is so powerful and empowering to anyone listening, like, to just like really connect to that bigger vision and know that it's going to expand as you do. Yeah, totally. So totally. what was your process of like going from the whole, the Lyme disease thing and like being, you know, dealing with that to healing from it? Did you do anything specific? Like how did that happen? Yeah. So this is what's crazy. And this is like, these are a lot of the stories that I tell inside my book in like full detail. Um, but in 2014, I got diagnosed with Lyme disease. I'm leading these women's circles. Women are starting to say to me, like, I have friends in other cities. Do you have circles in other cities? And I'm like, no, I start to realize if we're going to really do this, we need to take this online. We start in our glow circle exactly 100 days after we start the company. My brother passes away. I get a mm -hmm. call. I'm in San Francisco for work. I get a call that my brother died from an accidental overdose. It was mm -hmm. the worst day of my life. Like, I can talk about it with a lot of ease now because I've done a lot of therapy and healing around it. And, you know, my family started a foundation and we've like, um, you know, these things happen, like tragedy happens and you're not responsible for it, but you are responsible for how you handle it. And like, so there I am sick running a company. My brother dies. I'm like fully depressed. I mean, I'm really, really like in a dark place. And 
also have said yes to running this company and I'm not someone who gives up. So, you know, the pressure was kind of on. And also I was really like looking back, I'm very grateful that I had something to keep me waking up in the morning. Like I always say my business saved me because my business did save me. I would imagine it's similar to like a, a, you know, someone who loses their partner and like can only get up in the morning because like they're still kids, right? Like that's how I felt. And my family's really close and we had a lot of support from our extended family and friends, but like it was a really, really big tragedy in our community. And I, I, I took it really hard. I think because I was sick, I, um, I think it was the hardest like on me of anybody in my family. And it was so, so hard for everyone. Like that feels like even weird to say, but at one point I saw my parents like continuing on and being so fucking strong and creating this foundation in Bo's name and being like leaders in the mental health space. And I was like, I feel like I can barely function like, and they're, you know, continuing to grow their business. And I was just like, I was really not in a good place. And so, um, you know, through a series of events, I also was engaged to someone that I was involved with in the business, which is so weird because we're like all women now. I like can't believe I let a man in, but (sighs) I did. And I just was really weak. I mean, I don't judge myself for it, but I'm just saying what I see now that, I was really weak and I was really vulnerable and I had gotten into a relationship. I'd gotten engaged to someone who turned out to be quite toxic and quite abusive emotionally, mentally. Um, you know, it got really bad. I mean, we had to go to court at the end of our relationship. I had to go through domestic violence counseling. Like it definitely got really bad. And, and so I'm sharing all of this because some of the people who are listening are like, in places in their lives where they feel really down. And a lot of my book is called at least you look good because people would be like, wait, your brother died. Wait, you have Lyme disease. Like you don't look sick or like you look really good. Or Mm. I had one time I, 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 my psychiatrist was like trying me on all these meds and like, she had me trying Prozac and I was like, just so sick. Like my body does not take all the meds, but I needed something to help me because I was in such a dark place. And I sit down and I'm wearing these like tight fire engine red, like leggings that are like probably sparkly or shiny and like a crop top. And I just got my lashes filled. And I remember she was like, how, how are you? And I was like, terrible. And she's like, but you look great. And I was like, you're not supposed to say that, but people were judging me based on how I look. And I know that there's people listening who are like, you don't like, you don't look like you've been through all that. Or when they see me, they might think that, or you're the person who people, you know, are are judging and and think that you're one way, but you have all this other stuff to offer the world. Like, I just want you to know that your story is valid and valuable and really important. And the first person who needs to hear your story is you. Like I would just talk in my voice recorder on my phone while I was driving, trying to tell the story of what I was going through to myself because it was so crazy. Like it was death, divorce. I'll put that in quotes, but you know, sort of, because yeah. we had to go to court and separate things and then disease. And, and everybody that's listening has been through or is going through one of those things. And like, you can persevere and you can create opportunity from your obstacles, but you really have to decide yeah. that you're going to do it. Yeah. And, and it's like, you've got to turn your struggles into your strengths. 
your mess totally. into your message. Totally. And thank you for sharing that and opening up. It's and and like being like just going there. I can only imagine like how that time in your life must have been. And it's so inspiring, like seeing you continue to like fulfill your mission and and go on from that and write your book. That's I'm sure is going to inspire so many people and help so many people. I'll have to have you on again, like when it comes out. Yeah, that'd be um, so fun. Yeah. So after that phase, like, um, how, how did the, what happened with like the, the, the Lyme disease thing? Like, did you, like, I'm so curious of like, how, do you know yeah. how that? I got rid of it. Yeah. It's the, cause that's I like went really. Three different, yeah. It's like pretty unheard of. I yeah. mean, I went through three different rounds of treatment. One was like heavy antibiotics. The other was like all this natural stuff. And it was so hard, man. Like I was like throwing up and blacking out from the, the first treatment. And, um, (laughs) like I laugh about it, but you know, I I would be taking like 30 pills a day sometimes. And I was telling somebody the other day, I was like joking on a different podcast. And I was like, people ask me all the time, like when you take vitamins and you just like take them like a champ, like, how do you like deep throat vitamins like that? And I'm like, dude, you not even know like how many pills I used to have to swallow. And you know, it just, it's such a weird thing to look back on. Cause I feel like I, it just feels like it wasn't even me, but it was. Wow. And I, I have the photos and, um, medical bills <laughs> to prove it. But I went through one really rigorous program that was heavy antibiotics, one that was like really natural because the first one didn't fully work. Everyone, I had 30 doctors tell me that like I would never get rid of it, but I finally found a doctor who could cure me and Mm. I got on a nine month wait list and I I was at the end of my rope. I didn't have nine months. I mean, I was like praying that God would take me in my sleep if that was what was meant to happen. That was how dark it got for me. And I got a call within eight weeks that I was off the wait list and I started treatment. And by my 30th birthday, I was Lyme free. It was really, really cool. It was 100% a miracle. And I just kept praying and praying and praying. And, you know, I had this moment where I was sitting in the car outside my parents' house and I, I was like, this was before I got in with the final doctor who was able to cure me. And I was like, I have, you know, a good relationship with God and at least I think so. And I was talking to God and I was like, why? Like, why am I still sick? Like, I know that miracles are possible. Like people cure things, people overcome things. Like, why am I still sick? And like this sick, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of it. And I heard this, I heard something back And it was like, it wasn't like audible, like God was like, you know, in my car, but it was like in my mind and in my space. And it was God, at least I felt so. And, um, and it like, what I heard back was you haven't decided. Wow. And I'm like, what? And, and, and then again, I heard you haven't decided. And it was like, you know, it's like that God voice that you hear in movies and you hear people tell stories like very firm and you're like, okay, I don't think I can ask a lot of questions here, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like I haven't decided and I'm in tears and like all snotty and like having a meltdown solo in my car. And, um, all of a sudden, like a movie, I see like what, what I thought was going to be the rest of my life, like speaking and teaching and traveling and being a mom and getting married and having kids and all this stuff, like being on TV, like all these things I've wanted 
since I was a kid. And I knew a lot of that, you know, wasn't possible if I wasn't emotionally, mentally, and physically well, at least not fully possible. And I said out loud, I'm not done. Like I was like, okay, you know, I haven't decided. Yes, I have. I'm not done. Like I'm not done with this life. I'm not giving up. Like I'm not, I'm not okay being sick forever. Like I'm actually not comfortable. You know, they say that we, some of the reason why things don't change that we say we want them to change is because we're actually quite comfortable with the way things are. And I knew this, I'd been coaching for long enough where I knew these things to be true. But I said out loud, I'm not done. And I decided in that moment that I wasn't done and that I wasn't finished and that I was going to do all the shit that I promised myself I would do. And I was going to follow through and I was going to live my life. And I was, uh, and that's when, you know, really shortly after that, I, I found out that I got in from this doctor, but I also then like had the motivation, like you were talking earlier about action. I called like, a friend of mine who I knew someone who she knew had seen this doctor. And then my mom knew someone who had seen the doctor. And I was like, can you please tell my story to this doctor? Like, like, so I started asking and I was telling one of the girls on our team the other day, cause she's like waiting on an accreditation to, to be able to have a job with us. And I'm like, call the ICF, like call the international coach federation, tell them you're waiting on your accreditation for a job. Like beg them, write them a letter, like email them every day, like be polite, but annoy the shit out of them (laughs) until they have to say yes to you. Like all of these things, wait lists and timelines, it's all arbitrary, right? Like there are exceptions to the rules. I just decided that I was going to be an exception to the rule and anybody can do that, but you got to choose it. Oh my God. That is so powerful. Thank you. Just that, that it's like, that was so powerful. The you've got to decide. That's like with anything in life, and like yeah. like your business, your life, like everything. That is so freaking powerful. You should like totally. I'm sure you already probably do or will give like a speech on that whole like thing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like wow. I can like you. You basically created or experienced a miracle co-created an experience, like a literally a miracle in your life. That's awesome. And I think we can all have it. You know, I, I, I really appreciate your acknowledgement and it was a really obviously like monumental life-changing moment for me. And it's cool to hear how it lands for other people. Um, and I do like really, you know, lay out this scene in the book and I, I think it's really powerful. We all have turning points, right? But like, I couldn't figure out why I didn't have the thing that I wanted. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you talk a shit ton about manifesting and I love how you teach it. And um, mm-hmm. I teach manifestation too. And, you know, I think that um, to be a teacher of this work and also then not understand why I'm not getting what I want was incredibly frustrating for me. And it was weird. Like I teach this system of manifesting that's like see, feel, do, be, have. And it's like, you know, you see what you, what you desire, you get the vision, you feel it. And then you start taking action, doing, 
Uh, no, sorry. Be, you start being it, right? What would the woman who has the thing be? Mm-hmm. Who would she be? And then you start doing that. Usually gives you actions, and then you have it. Mm-hmm. Voila, you have it, right? Mm-hmm. We know it's not always like that, but like sometimes it's yeah. like that. So I didn't, I didn't have the, those words back then. See, feel, be, do, have. That's something I've developed more recently. But I had never sat down and envisioned myself being healthy, like. Wow. You know, people say this about like weight loss a lot. Like that one of the reasons why people can't like really lose weight is because they get comfortable being like, the, you know, chubby or however they self-identify. Like they actually identify with the way that they are, right? And that's like just a really simple, basic example. And that's not true for everybody, right? I'm not making comments about weight in general here, but I'm just saying like, I, I had heard that. And so I applied it to myself and I was like, is there a part of me that's comfortable being sick? Like being the sick girl. And it was like, yeah, you are. You like, like, it's an excuse. Wow. If you're sick, you don't have to travel. If you're sick, you don't have to, to do big speeches. If you're sick, you might grow the company, but you're not going to grow it to a multi-million dollar company. Like being sick was part of my identity, had become part of my identity because I had been sick for a decade. Wow. I've been sick since I, uh, since I went to college because I got bit by a tick the summer before my freshman year of college. And so being the sick girl and having that excuse and sleeping all the time and not feeling well. And it was a huge part of my identity. So even though I hated it, I secretly was keeping it around. I was comfortable with it. And that was what I had to break up. Wow. Was it, was it challenging to come to terms with that? Or was it easy to kind of see it once you um, got that download to decide? And I think this is so cool because we can relate this, like the, everything that you're sharing right now, we can relate this to business, to money, to everything. Yeah. What was the last question? Um, like, was it when you finally came to terms with, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just comfortable being sick because it's like, was that challenging for you to see that or to accept that or acknowledge that I should say? Or oh, was I it like once like a you- fraud. Yeah. 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 But like, I think like once you saw that and, and like acknowledged that it was probably easier for you to release it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that admitting you have a problem is the first step. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's so freaking empowering. So when you're like teaching people and helping people in, in your company and your business now, like is this is a lot of the stuff that you teach because you mainly work with female entrepreneurs who are growing their empires and coaching, building their businesses and all the same things. What are some of the, the things that you mainly um, like help them with or teach around? I mean, we help people grow profitable businesses, but you know, some of the things that we teach that are more of like the energy of the company is like, you can't let the bad shit that happens to you take you out of the game, whatever you want, you have to glow after it. Like Mm. you have to glow through what you go through or you get to, right? Pain is a hard thing, but it doesn't have to just be a hard thing. Get into your glow zone, find what you love and, and fail forward. You know, like don't just stop, fail forward. Yeah. And you are a resilient person. (laughs) Thank you so much. To have like the strength to do that. Like what a a personal strength of yours as a leader, as a coach, as someone who's inspiring other women who've gone through hardships. We all have a story and we all have gone through our ups and downs. And to see you being like that, this light and glowing (laughs) and using that, your story and your experiences and like just continuing on, it's freaking awesome. And 
it's just like, it's, I, I can only imagine how many lives you've already been impacting and how many more you will impact. And like, it's just for anyone listening as well, like we all have like this story and this light in us that wants to shine really bright. And it's so important to honor that and to follow what lights us up. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Thank you. I, this was amazing. Is And I feel like we went through a lot of different things and I can't wait for your book to come out. Like you're, Yay! I'm sure you just touched like the iceberg of like your story and all the things. I'm sure you have like tons more, but this was amazing and so inspiring. And I feel like you dropped so many golden nuggets, like just within your story alone that are like these like little things of like, whoa, I got to just decide or whoa, I need to be resilient despite my challenges or whoa, like Mm -hmm. we all have our bad days and we rise up. Like your story in and of itself is like just, just hearing you share it for me personally. And hopefully for those listening, I'm sure it's just like all these little downloads and like, oh, all right. And so I thank you so much for, for this, for sharing, for coming on, for just doing everything that you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. And thank you for the platform that you've created and the way that you reach so many different women. And I love how you talk about spirituality and manifestation and like make it easy and accessible for people. You know, the only reason why I was able to go through to, sorry, to glow through (laughs) what I was going through is because there were women like, you know, you out there who were overcoming things and talking openly about spirituality and making spirituality cool and accessible. And I really needed God. Like for me, it's God, right? For other people, it's like the universe or the higher self or like a tree. I don't care, whatever. <laughs> a psychic told me the other day, she's like, you're so stressed out because you really need to hug a tree. Because it's one of those like, don't knock it till you try it things. So I was like, okay. And then like literally an hour later, I'm outside in LA hugging a tree. I'm like, oh I need God. help, you know? But anyways, whoever you, you talk to or who gives you guidance, whether it's you or, you know, some entity um, or higher power, like I needed that. And so I think that the work you do, making spirituality so like accessible and cool and digestible and palatable and like, oh, I really get that. And I get the practical aspect is so life-changing for so many people. Yeah. Thank you so much. So good. Oh, this is awesome. I'm like so grateful. Do you have any like last things that you want to share or last words you want to say or let people know where they can find you? I'll also leave that yeah. in the show notes too. Yeah. So if you're interested in some of the stuff that that Stephanie and I have been talking about and you want to dig more into your purpose, we have a really great assessment on our website that I love to share. It's at innerglowcircle.com slash purpose. And you can take, it's like 12 questions. It's really simple to go through, but it's really, really helpful for people to figure out what they're meant to be doing with their lives and what they're really here for. Um, so I encourage you to do that. And on social media, you can find us at Inner Glow Circle and you can find me at It's Katie DePaula. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. We'll still definitely stay in touch because I would love to seriously have you back on like when your book's coming out to like help you get it out to even more people. I I know that people in my audience would probably love it. Awesome. Yay. Thank you. Bye guys. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you.